Cars today are safer, more reliable, and packing more technology than ever before. But if you're looking for an appliance on wheels, this isn't your show. We want to help everyone find a car they'll really love, capable on the commute, and a laugh on your favorite road. If you take the long way home, this is for you. New cars, used cars, whatever your budget, whatever your needs, if you like to drive, we want to help. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Drew and Nick, this podcast is for you. Both you guys have written in from, uh, well, Utah and Virginia, respectively, and we've got some fun stuff. I've been sitting here reading the list and pondering this, and Drew, you've written in. <laughs> it's pretty funny. We, we don't always reveal the locations of our filming. Actually, rarely do we ever, but it's funny yeah. because people have recognized various roads that we've traveled on and shot on. Definitely, yeah. So yeah, Drew yeah. wrote us and said, huh, that's interesting. I ran across the podcast, and I ran across your videos, and... I recognize that road. You guys must be in Utah. Oh my gosh! So very cool. Well, Thanks that, for finding there's us that thing, This is cool. There's that thing you've talked about though that I should mention here, and I, and I, I'm teasing it. I don't know that we're going to do it, but we've joked about having an everyday license plate for every location we're in, <laughs> well, so that yeah. the license plate tells you where it was shot. The problem is those are not easy to get on hand, so that's the reason it hasn't happened yet. But, I'd but anyway, like to do that. Going. I mean, because that would be cool when we shoot in, you know, wherever, Michigan or Florida or wherever. It'd be a, a nice little tease to, as you said, to, to give it away. But uh, anyway, we might get there, but uh, otherwise. We'll see. Yeah. Drew, thanks for finding us. We are excited to feature you in this podcast, and you've got a gigantic list of thoughts here, so I'm hoping we can get through yes, it in the next does. five hours. Yes, he does. Hope you guys are sticking around for a while. <laughs> and uh, Nick. It's going to be a long one. You're right. <laughs> Nick out in Virginia on the East Coast, he is writing in for his wife, and I think, mm -hmm, I mm -hmm. think, Nick, that I've got your car. It's not often really? that I point my bat to the outfield okay. and say, All right. this is All a home right, run, good. but I am excited to discuss this. And, um, yeah, this is going to be this is going to be pretty fun for, for your wife. So good. I'm going to lean good. heavily on the heartstrings here and uh, use my powers wow. of persuasion for Nick to buy a new car. So anyway, wow, interesting. All right, fun. I'm very curious to hear to hear where that goes. Uh, I'm actually looking, looking something up because we need to head a new direction, and I actually needed to look something up that related to it. But right. one of the things we should mention because we talked about it last week, and yet since we've talked about it, boy, is it changing. Last week we talked about talk about calling your shot. We talked about the Volkswagen uh, diesel scandal that is ongoing, and and you went on a fantastically deserved rant, by the way, Paul, talking about everything that is a scandal does not need to have gate at the end. Uh, I hate and that. I agree with you, too, and you yet, noticed? and yet, yes, diesel gate has stuck, and I am horrified by that. But anyway, so the whole diesel scandal is ongoing. Volkswagen stock is falling so fast it's whistling, and uh, <laughs> yeah. But but here's the thing, you know, Funny. when we did our podcast last week, it's true. When we did our podcast last week, it was five hundred thousand vehicles affected. And in the next 48 hours, I think that figure jumped to 11 million worldwide. Yeah. And then as we kind of called our shot for how big is this going to get and what about other automakers, BMW kind of went, well, if you're admitting that kind of stuff, maybe we should let you know. <laughs> if, if everybody's I mean, admitting it was literally, stuff, maybe this seriously, is the time it was, to it was, do that. It was like, it was yeah. like the kid that gets in with the lesser the lesser thing they did when the older brother is getting really just hammered right, for something. Well, funny. while you're grounding him, I should tell you that I did this tiny little thing. <laughs> so, like... But BMW has admitted that their X3 diesel also is above the legal limits. I don't know if it's at this 40 times the legal limit thing that Volkswagen is struggling under. But then, of course, 
we talked about how Volkswagen is a larger entity, owner of other brands, and wouldn't you know it, if you have a TDI Audi, that's another yeah. 2 million cars, and that is affected as well. It's sort of like BMW saying, now, I, I didn't burn your house down, so, you know, it's cool. But just, I just the garage. Did, just the garage. I did kind of crash your car, maybe, <laughs> slightly, a tiny bit. Um, yeah, yeah, that's... I, that's pretty funny the uh, the brother analogy or or sibling analogy. I mean, I I totally did that with my older yeah. sister. She would do something and be like, um, "Maybe now's the time to admit some stuff too." <laughs> um, but uh, you know, it's funny because you guys have read all the news that we're doing that we're reading. But what's interesting is, um, you know, we're starting to run into people and you know friends, people that we know are. You know, telling us that they own some of these cars. So far, yeah. uh, we've known yeah, yeah. Uh, two people. One um, one owner has the A3 with that two-liter diesel. Another one mm -hmm. has a Touareg, Touareg with the three-liter. I don't know that that car is affected, but the resale value certainly is. You know, yeah. across the board. So it's going to be this ripple effect. Even if it wasn't that engine in that car, he's still going well. Shoot, you know, I've got the Touareg with the three liter, and, and yeah. you know, even though it's not the exact yeah. engine or exact car, still the, the ripple effect is now, as you said, 11 million cars, and now it's going out from there. And just the resale value of, you know, all, all of VW's yeah. products. And now I'm kind of frankly worried about Porsche, what happens to the other Audi models. And I, yeah, it's, it's, it's well, ongoing here. As we said last week, it's ongoing. It's this gigantic ripple effect. People are, you know, people have been talking already. People, you, some of you guys have emailed us talking about, hey, I own a couple of Volkswagen products. Hey, I own a, a, a TDI, as you're saying. And they're, you know, a lot of you are already debating what we, what we and everyone else are talking about. And that is, how do you get rid of this car? Are they going to buy it back? What happens to your resale value? But the thing that I find interesting that we talked a little bit about last time is the larger perception effect there are already people yeah. that have written to us, and I've read elsewhere, that are just going, never buying Volkswagen again. Now, I feel personally like that's a bit extreme. However, I understand that response. I genuinely do. And that was exactly oh, yeah. what I expected to be coming from this situation. It's certainly an example of um, the leadership snowballing and, and poor judgment and... Yeah, you know, we're we're reading all the stories about you know it was started by an executive who is now you know he was no longer in in that role. He had moved on and then replaced by Wintercorn, who was now ousted. Yeah, and yeah. you know on and on and on. So this snowball effect, but you know, not to defend Volkswagen, but their cars are very well engineered. They're well built. All of those things they still have going for them. So. You know, sure. I understand that mindset about, well, never again, they've deceived us, that kind of thing. Well, yeah, but, you know, a lot of car companies have gone through this. Uh, as we talked about last week, Ford with Firestone, Toyota with their, you know, unintended acceleration, Audi from the 80s. It seems yeah. like some car manufacturer will well, run into yeah. some problem at some time and people go, that's it, I'm out, never again. But that doesn't I agree mean with they you. make that, that's bad the tough product. Part. They don't. That's the tough part. Well, I mean, we also talked about GM and the bailout thing. There are those mm -hmm. people that hate on GM just for the bailout. And I'm not saying that the bailout's nothing, but my point is, yes, you're right. What, what, pick your car company, and there will be those people out there that when something like this happens, 
that that's it. That company is written off forever yeah. for all eternity. Yeah. And I, I do. I think that's a step too far. Now, I'm saying that right here in the middle of this ongoing debacle at Volkswagen. And obviously, this is current news. This is a current problem. And you have to deal with that. Sure. You had a guy named Rick write in. And I've actually got his email in front of me here. Thanks for writing in, Rick. You were talking about owning currently owning a 2013 TDI Passat, and you were talking about how this is directly in your backyard, or I guess is the case, maybe your driveway. Here is this problem. Yeah. And you even mentioned in here that you sold, you traded your Chevy Avalanche for the Passat, and when you did that, you felt like you had made a wise kind of, I'm proud of my green car purchase. And now you're looking back at that and going, wait a minute, the avalanche was probably cleaner, which is an <laughs> unbelievable realization to come to right. after the marketing of these TDIs. And you've got this TDI in your driveway going, well, what's it even worth now? I mean, this is, for, for those of you with those cars, this is a serious problem. But the perception is as like much him. an issue as anything. Oh, absolutely. You know, absolutely. Many, but many thanks for writing like in about him. it, Rick, because you're right. Yeah, I, I, I think it's great. And, and I'm sure there's a lot of similar stories out there of you know people shopping and they finally land on this car decision because as we know coming to a decision that makes you happy and you feel your dollars are well spent isn't an easy yeah. one it takes a long time and a lot of effort so when you feel kind of like you've been screwed over you're just uh, okay yeah, I'm yeah done yeah. on the bright side if you are shopping for a new Volkswagen if you head down to your Volkswagen <laughs> dealer right now i bet you they would cut dealing. you a deal and here's it why is, it is <laughs> Time to buy a Volkswagen. Yeah. Well, you're right. The gasoline ones, the gasoline ones, you could get a deal on just because of perception is so Because difficult. of That's perception. An interesting point. It's an interesting point. But, uh, you yeah. know, we're reading that as of right now, maybe more countries, but the Swiss and the Italians have actually gone so far as to ban certain Volkswagens from not only being sold, but from being driven on the roads. Now, we don't yeah. know if other countries will follow. That might happen in the U.S., Again, this is a big, huge ripple effect and, and ongoing. So kind of if you are interested in a Volkswagen, you might be able to get a good deal, maybe on a gasoline-powered <laughs> car that's, you know, shoot. It, that it, is funny. Maybe that use it to funny. your advantage. And then if you do own one of these cars, who knows? Maybe Volkswagen is going to come through with flying colors and they're going to, you know, buy everybody's car back. And you're going to be like, okay, all right. You know, at least they, they did us a solid and they, they came through. But we don't know that. You know, we're speculating at this yeah. point, of course, with everybody else. So I say yeah. keep driving them. They're well-engineered. It's not like your cars are broken down. You know, they're just noxious and yeah. not clean. They're getting great fuel <laughs> they're mileage. Not, they're well-engineered. They're, they're not, comfortable and fast. They're not broken down. They're just poisoning people. Feel <laughs> free to drive your automobile. People. 40 times Today, the normal driver. allowed limit, but whatever. Here, here's our here's our consumer <laughs> advice for you. Anyway, that is awful and yet funny. But but I hear you, and you know what? It relates directly to our first podcast with Drew because I, I, and we'll kind of I'm going to kind of enter this in a weird way and come back around. But Drew's a local here in Utah for us, and he recognized some of our roads. But on his big list of cars, he's considering because this was written <laughs> six weeks or so ago. Yeah. At the bottom, he has: Should I get a Golf, Jetta, or Passat TDI? Well, I'm quite that. certain that those are now. Now off of your list, Drew. Scratch, I, you scratch, know, scratch. So, but, but seriously, I mean, that's the thing. That when he wrote this a month or six weeks ago, that was on the list. And you, I, I feel certain, without even talking to Drew or sending him an email, I feel certain those are off the list right now today instantly. I mean, that's how this is sure. affecting people's purchases right now. Sure, and from a perception, yeah, but you could just take TDI off there and still, you know, still have Golf, Jetta, Passat, gasoline-powered cars, and you might be able to get a smoking yes. deal. and. Actually, that oh yeah, was, um, I think you could. 
pun intended there. Um, there you go. Well, yeah. no, no, you're absolutely right. But but I but I submit to you though that those cars, the Golf, the Jetta, the Passat. I'm not talking the GTI now. I'm talking the base kind of. Not I'm not, not talking the GLI talking, or anything like that. Talking gasoline engine the, cars, right? The, 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 I'm talking about the normal versions. I think that those cars generally were intriguing to enthusiasts as TDIs. Because if you're a true enthusiast, sure. I think you want the hotter version. If you're going to get the lower version, you're only going to do it because you think you're going to get better gas mileage and be saving the planet a little bit and not have to drive a Prius. So I think from an enthusiast perspective, not having the TDIs on the table takes all those kind of non-hot versions off of a lot of people's lists. I mean, that's mm -hmm. my suspicion, at least. Yeah. Speaking of enthusiasts, Drew's enthusiast bent is a little bit different than most uh, car debates that we've done. And that's because he says he's a drag racing type of a guy. And uh, yeah. that brings to mind um, a story I, I heard of, uh, you know, the, uh, the guys who create the pro stock uh, drag cars, whatever, street drag cars. And he was yeah. testing it out. And... <laughs> He lost his brakes, and so he had to pull the chute to stop for a red light <laughs> right in front of a cop. Oh, gosh. Perfect. So <laughs> hopefully, Drew, that's not what we're debating for you. It's, uh, it's a little bit different, and, and um, what he's considering is trying to sell a car and pull the money out of that to get a car. He's got a truck right now. Pull the yeah, money he out, wants of that out of his F one fifty and yeah. get a cheaper truck because obviously any drag racing kind of thing that he's doing, he's got to tow around with a truck. So that's yeah. that's the whole thing here, and he's got this long list. Have you read this list of of uh, cars that he's owned? I mean, these are fast in yeah, a straight line kinds of, of cars. He's pretty funny. Well, and and he's and he's tuned a lot of them as well. I mean, he's got you know Mustangs, a couple of different generations of Mustangs that he built. He took a, a, an Eclipse GSX and built it out to six hundred horsepower. I mean, this yeah, is just man. tinkering tinkering around and turning things into monsters. So this is Drew's background, but he recently bought a 2012 EcoBoost uh, F-150, and he's just decided this is boring and too expensive for why I need a truck. He needs a truck for the occasional bang-around camping towing thing, and otherwise, he doesn't need a truck. And you know what, Drew? I applaud you for coming to that realization. So he's realizing I can sell this truck for probably around 30 k and hopefully have about 20000 of that to spend on a fun car, and the rest to spend on a beater truck that barely runs for the times when he needs an actual truck. Sure. So okay, we're looking at twenty grand. He needs two car seats. He's got two kids, so he wants twenty grand. It needs to be a manual, fit two car seats, and have vaguely decent miles per gallon. He says he doesn't want to get below twenty. So he's not trying to go crazy, but he does want to get uh, around twenty. Good handling and you know what, a little bit of a commute. So he needs to have easier parking, and then he starts listing options. Which is interesting, too. So where'd you go with this guy? No, I was just thinking the good thing is now you and I know somebody with a pickup truck, and it's going to be a beater truck. So when we need to move heavy stuff, we're calling Drew. So that's a good thing for us. Thanks, Drew. Really <laughs> when we're it. throwing something from the balcony <laughs> to a truck in the approximate area, it's time to call Drew. Yeah. <laughs> hey, bring your beater truck and uh, leave your leave your car at home. Well, um... And I'll hurl something from down the block. It, it'll be fine. Trust me. That, that'll buff out. It's going to be fine. It's the motto for your life, right? What could possibly go wrong? It's your sort of daily mm -hmm. motto. Um, you better believe it. That, awesome. that works out really well. Well, so the choices that I have for Drew are three, and he can't buy any of them because after going to Europe, they get so <laughs> much, so better cool cars, and those are the Audi S1, the Renault Megane, and uh, what else? It was, um, oh, a Seat, a Leon FR. Perfect. Which is you're cheaper being very helpful. and looks you're better being, than a GTI. fantastically helpful. So yep. I'm thinking, man, Drew, if only you lived in Europe, you could buy something really great and fun and sporty. So your, your recommendation for Drew is to move? <sighs> so um, 
don't buy a car. You're going to have to move to Europe if you really want something fun to fit your needs. The end. You're welcome. Well, Just kidding. Here's here's the thing. You you brought up you brought up Drew the, <laughs> but hopefully you see the, that's the, where the I'm Magan thinking. Is very these, cool. these are the cars yeah. that I'm thinking yeah, yeah. about that have I, I like the Megan or Megan because it's a little bit more spacious and we hammered on that thing around the track. It's a good car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Say what yeah. you will about French cars, but I found it to be great and a lot of fun and fast and all of well, that stuff and so i'm thinking yeah rsr in germany has had real success with them reliability wise and they're yeah. daily beating on them around the ring i mean yeah. and, and i see why you went there i mean the things he's brought up he's brought up focus st he's bought up brought up mazda speed 3 the sti hatchback so the slightly prior generation sti the evo 9 or 10 i mean these are cars the gti he's bringing up mostly hatchbacks can fit uh, child seats in the back now obviously the evo's not a hatchback he also throws in the g8 gxp and the older ctsv in here and i i respect those because i think your drag roots are coming through a bit for the, the heavy duty <laughs> fire breather Careful, but here's Drew, the thing your, i your think your drag the, roots are showing your drag is showing but 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 here's but here's the thing i think I don't think those are the right choice. You're wanting kind of a halfway decent uh, manual transmission commuter. And I think that the as, as interesting in the, as the CTS-V and the G8 uh, GXP, both of which we've recommended before, as interesting as those are, I think those are wrong for you here. Uh, because I'm trying to keep you on the smaller side. And the rest of your choices, Focus ST, Mazda Speed, STI, are on the smaller side, but they're hair on fire, which is fun. Yeah, and great list, Drew. Excellent choices. Of course, this is pretty much the list that uh, Todd and I would have come up with. And so knowing my proclivities, knowing where I'm coming from now, especially that Audi S1 or even the A1 is such a cool little car. Very cool. Anyway, so I'm thinking about those cars and then thinking, all right, so what can we get in America, Drew? Don't move. You're you're fine. Um, <laughs> I I come back to the Mazda Speed Three, and you might say a boring choice, but I think for you, I'm looking at your list, and I don't know if either of your Eclipses were front wheel drive. I think the GSX was all wheel drive, and I don't know about your '95. So, so, have you owned a front wheel drive car? And I say, well, you're here in Utah. You're going to need, you know, front wheel drive car might be good for winter months, commuting, gas mileage. It's still fun. The Mazda Speed 3 is fast in a straight line, so it's hopefully going to speak to your, you know, drag racing kind of thing, your your proclivities, your roots there. And, you know, but it's got a really good suspension setup, too. I mean, you wind up on a back road in that here in Utah. You wind up on a back road. The Mazda Speed 3 will be genuinely fun. I mean, it's going to have a different feel than the the STI. I mean, the STI is obviously, you live in Utah. I mean, come on, Subaru practically sponsors this state in Colorado and many others. (laughs) So, I mean, the STI is kind of a, you live in Utah, you should buy a Subaru. I mean, that's kind of obvious. But I I like the Mazda (laughs) Speed 3 as the atypical choice. I see that. I do see that. I like it because the focus, I think, is more attuned to track. You know, we found that out with our ST Octane Academy driving experience. I think it's more attuned to canyon roads, that kind of thing. Not that the Mazda Speed isn't, but I think it's it's just such a laugh in a straight line. It's just such a dance and a laugh and yeah. so much yeah, fun. Yeah. Can it carve corners? Absolutely. Yes, it can do fine on a track. But I think it's more of the of all these cars. It's the most raw to me. Well, Evo nine or ten, it's, notwithstanding. It's the, most, but it's the most kind of hair on fire. That's you know the what thing. I mean? it's, and that's it's why kind I of like a, it. It's kind of an unpredictable kind of crazy cousin kind of car. I, I get it. Yeah, that's kind of why it stands out. And then yeah, you've got the, I see that. the space I see in the that. back and all that stuff. And I think it could be it could be good. And it's not a Subaru. It's like that Simpsons where yeah. uh, Homer moved to Alaska <laughs> and he found out that they pay you to live there. It's sort of. 
when I moved to Alaska, they tried to force a Subaru on me. I said, no, I want a Jeep instead. <laughs> Thanks for the free Subi, but I don't want it. Thanks. Well, I mean, and here's the thing. you The 08 to 2010 Subaru STI hatchback, you would enjoy that. It would do everything you want to do. I get it. I do get that. Uh, so, I mean, that's, there's no reason that's a bad choice by any means. The Evo 10, a 9 or 10, I think, look, those are interesting cars. We're fans of those cars, obviously. Paul keeps bugging me to make the all Evo all the time piece. That's, that's a great point. Cut Do after, you think, cut after, don't you think Todd should cut an all Evo, just all of the footage of all of the Evos <laughs> we've ever driven? It's a lot. Just back to back to back to just, back to back to back, back to back. Yeah. It would be but, just but one week video of just Evos, solid Evos. Here, here's the, the Evo fans are going to say yes, please, and everybody else is going to go, please don't. But here's <laughs> exactly. the thing. Uh, but 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 the thing about the Evo 10, surprisingly good back seats. Yes, it's very fun to drive. Minuscule, laughable trunk. If you have two little kids and you have any kind of little kid stuff, there is nowhere for it to go in the Evo. The trunk space is laughably bad. Yeah. So for yeah. that reason, I think it's probably out. I'm going to throw out a wild card, and it's a wild card because I'm going a route I don't normally go, hmm. and that is I'm going less hair on fire. Okay. When I'm reading this list here, because here's one of the things that Drew brings up. He brings up that in his garage right now, he is building a 93 Mustang with a Chevy LS in it. Now, somewhere a Ford person is freaking out that you're putting an LS motor in your Mustang, but he's building his kind of super fun car in his current garage. So, okay, if you're building that car and this is your commute car, then I'm going to actually go wild card and step you away from stuff that is fully enthusiast-focused. And I'm going to embrace miles per gallon, six-speed, and usable for kids. Okay. And I wind up at the Honda Fit. Really? That's Look, a, that's it's a not, left turn. It's, it's not – it'll do right turns too. But it, it's not an enthusiast uh, car, clearly, okay? It's not a hair-on-fire Mazda Speed 3. It's not the Focus ST. It's, it's less hardcore than those. However, with a six-speed, it's actually a great gearbox. It gets good gas mileage. And the way those rear seats are designed and the way – that's one of those cars that is one of the best uses of space on the market. Kids, kids stuff, anything you sure. need to do, that car will thinking. swallow it up. So if so if you really have that Mustang that's going to be your fun car in the garage, I don't think the Honda Fit is going to be boring. It's not going to be hair on fire like your other choices, but it's going to do the other things a little bit better, the kids stuff, the miles per gallon, but it's got a great six-speed. It's got a worthwhile, fun-to-use gearbox, which may satisfy enough to get you there. I, I will acknowledge, especially for me, this is a wild card, but I just thought, huh, you do have a fun car, straight-up fun car in your life, dedicated to that. So maybe maybe we can go this route. I hear what you're saying. You're saying if he didn't have that car, if he didn't have a, another fun car in his life or mm -hmm. being mm -hmm. built, you would say, forget that. You know, Go something else on this list. Yeah. Go something fun and turbocharged and madness. But and I, and I you think, do and I think the list car. is a good list. Oh, it's yeah, an I excellent. I think the list is yeah. a good list that you've got, Drew. And so I don't think that I have to come in with some sort of, well, you haven't thought of all of these. You've thought of the usual suspects, which is great. Right. But that's why I kind of go, okay, let's embrace the other things you need in life. And, and maybe that's a, that's a thought. I think, if nothing else, go, go drive a fit with that headspace. Get, a, get in a six-speed Honda Fit, play with the seats, and just think about it in all those usable standpoints because you might find, I mean, again, one of the best uses of space out there. You might find that it meets the rest of those needs, especially allowing you to just have that Mustang for fun later. I'm, I'm just thinking out loud. Or you could move to Europe. All right. Um, there you go. There you go. Perfect. Awesome. Perfect. 
<laughs> well, uh, before we move on, I just wanted to uh, put this out there for everybody listening, and that is it really helps us when you rate and review this podcast. We notice it yeah. every time and put that out on our Twitter feed where uh-huh. it appears, and it, it might be that particular podcast, but it might be the car debate itself, our, our entire uh-huh. podcast. So it might be a particular yeah. episode. It might be the car debate. But it really, really helps. So take a moment to do that. Please drop a note or just you know give us uh, give us what you feel we're we're worth. Hopefully, uh, again that uh, we make you laugh and we <laughs> rate it at the right time when you're happy and you're, everything's going well and you're starting your day with you know a good note. But uh, anyway, please rate and review. That really helps us. But- and you guys so, have been doing that yeah. a lot, and it has really yeah. it has really shifted the podcast even even more consistently into the top ten. And we also have a lot of episodes. You know, they they rate all the the episodes. We have a lot of episodes consistently playing in the top. They track the top two hundred automotive episodes. We have a lot of our episodes. A lot of our back catalog is playing in that top two hundred, and our podcast is playing consistently in the top ten automotive podcasts. And if you look at who's in the top ten automotive podcast, most of those are some pretty big names, so we're glad to be up there. Yeah, and that is entirely cool. due to you guys rating and reviewing. So you're absolutely right, Paul. Super cool. All right. Well, Nick, I cannot wait any longer. Here we go. Um, I get the sense you've got a sniper shot on this I, one. That's I, I kind of feel like okay. I do. And so um, all right. All right. just so you know, for, for those of you listening, if you write to us and you say, all right, I'm debating this, and here's my budget, and I could stretch to a little bit more – well, then that's what we're going to spend. We're going to spend your money for you. If you say, <laughs> we're gonna spend as Nick stretch. does here, <laughs> oh, I want to spend around 45000 but maybe stretch to 50000 guess what? You're spending 50000 and maybe a little bit more because <laughs> it's going to be worth it. And that is certainly the case for Nick because he is looking for his wife. She's looking for a new car, taller, more luxury. She's currently got an 09 Mazda 6. So, okay. Uh-huh. And because she's got the kids, she's got the you know the family hauler, all the stuff, probably the road trip car yeah. too. So Nick yeah. has given her the bigger budget. So mm-hmm. Nick, again, if you give me fifty, you know, what happens if you give a mouse a cookie? Honestly, what happens? <laughs> he's he's gonna want a glass of milk, right? So I, you give I me fifty there, grand. But I'm with you now. I'm gonna okay. take. A, right. I'm gonna take extra. And there's a really good reason why. I'm really excited okay. to share this. I, with you. I I'm starting to think I know where you're going. But here's. Do I want to say a couple of the things about Nick's situation in Virginia. I mean, he's he is a car <laughs> guy. He has an M3, 95 M3 that he uses almost entirely for track duty. That's right. He has a track car in his garage, and he has Which a cool. 2014. Ford Fiesta ST as his daily driver. So, Nick, kudos, man. I am impressed with your garage. You are completely dialed in for all fun driving needs. So that is great. So he's sitting here with with just wanting to get his wife a car she loves, and I do relate to that totally. And as I also relate to, Nick's wife has discovered the joy that many females feel about the five-seat scale SUV, the higher Mm. ride height, the luxury features. I mean, my wife has discovered that as well. I mean, that's exactly the situation. So she she thought she wanted a Range Rover Sport, and Nick was kind of shaking his head. And then curveball, I mean, not completely, but somewhat curveball, she got in a Range Rover Evoque and decided, no, 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 this is what I want. So that's kind of the scale we're talking about is the Range Rover Evoque. And Nick's concern, and I understand his concern, his concern <laughs> is, is that Range Rover going to be a money pit? Yeah. And I want to I revisit a conversation you and I had a while back, Paul, because somebody was talking to us, another journalist was talking to us about this, this feature. We were talking about 
the JD Power like long term ratings. Yeah. And we were joking about the fact that at the bottom of that rating pool, as far as number of problems, Range Rover was still at the bottom. But this other person we were talking to, and I forget even who it was, but they were making a note about the fact that they had looked up the difference in the last decade. And while Range Rover is still at the bottom, what's fascinating about the list is overall reliability has increased so much in the last decade. I mean, industry-wide. Yeah. That where that Range Rover is sitting on problems is still at the bottom of the current list, but it's matching the top performers of a decade ago. My point here is all automakers are improving in their reliability, Range Rover among them. But yes, Range Rover is still trailing the pack on reliability compared to others. So you kind of have to weigh that reality. And so we're talking about the five-seat CUV, but we are talking about luxury. We're talking about 50 grand. And, you know, it sounds like it needs to be something that Nick is not terrified of what is this going to cost me. I have a couple of ideas, but I'm very curious where you've gone. <laughs> well, I'm, I hear your point, and I'm less concerned about the reliability. Yes, it could be a concern, but newer Range Rovers and brand new ones... Obviously, you've got warranties. I think from the 05, 06 era, they kind of learned their lesson, and I think they've improved since then. I'd yeah, still be a I little bit so. hesitant, but certainly less so than before because, yes, it seems like you know the tide has lifted all boats. All car manufacturers are now you know operating mm -hmm. at a higher range of, of GD Power scores, which mm -hmm. is great news for everybody. So, yes, concerning, but if that's really what she wants, I'm not going to say, you know, Nick, don't go buy that. If she wants it, well, yeah, that's, that's great. And I, and I have to say, um, having driven the Evoque, it's, it's, it's actually really cool. I have to cool acknowledge car. that I am a yeah. genuine fan of the Evoque. I like the styling. I like the, the interior is cool. It's great to look at. It is a really worthwhile choice. I would be curious to hear from you, and we don't have you, Nick, but I'd be curious to hear from you. What is it about the Evoke she likes? Because that actually not only might inform you, but inform us further. But just going in, knowing what the Evoke is like, I'm going to make some recommendations. But I, I, I'm still very curious about your sniper <laughs> shot there, you my friend. Well, I started with you the are. Cayenne. You're killing me. I started with the Cayenne because mm -hmm. I thought, well, you got a Cayenne. It's a used yeah, car. Yeah. You really like yeah. it. It fits your needs. It's a good size. We just got back from Germany, bombing around Germany in a brand new GTS. Obviously, mm -hmm. far out of the price range here, but I am in love with that <laughs> yes. car. And then I think, okay, well, Cayenne's a good choice to start with. And I thought, well, shoot, look at my own yeah. garage. I got a Jeep Grand Cherokee. I really love it. It fits my life really yeah. well. Yeah. You yeah. Sh Nick, you should take her to go see those because I've said this before. I believe it's the... Uh, Mercedes ML platform from the former Daimler Chrysler relationship, now owned by the Italians with a V8 built in Mexico and built in Detroit. So it's truly so it's a, world a world car. car. Exactly. It's a world car. Perfect. But yeah, I really like it. It's a great truck. I, I, It fits my needs. And then I see it next to huge Ford pickup trucks in the Home Depot parking lot. And it, it just, it's the right size. So I yeah, really like I that. See that. I see that. But then I thought, well, yeah, let's keep pushing because... Nick said, well, you know, he was trying to steer towards the German thing. And what else is out there? And I'll tell you what it is. It is uh -huh. the brand new Volvo XC90. Mm. This car is spectacular looking. It is. Safety it all is. day long. Your two-year-old is going to grow. You're going to want to take road trips. It starts at just a squeak under 50, so I'm going to spend more of your money because if you take her to see that car, I am willing to bet 
maybe 10 bucks or so, but I'm willing to bet <laughs> that the luxury is going to speak to her, the safety, the quality, the design. Everything about that car has been rethought, and it just is – I think it's fantastic. And I've been, frankly, waiting to recommend that car to people, even though I haven't driven it. But I've heard spectacular things about it. They have sold more of them in pre-sales than I think ever heard of. They sold 24,000 vehicles pre-sold without anybody actually driving them. That's amazing. Well, you and, know, you I, and I talked about it at the cool. last at last year's. It is. It's very cool. You and I talked about it at last year's uh, LA Auto Show because we both climbed in that car and kind of had our jaws in our laps. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is. Now, I will also acknowledge this right away, though, Nick. That is a seven-seater. That may be bigger than you want. It might be. Now, it is it a seven-seater that feels smaller than the Range Rovers. I mean, it's more like the Range Rover Discovery size than it is the Range Rover full-on size. So it's it's small for a seven-seater, but it is a seven-seater. So it's kind of in a mid-range size, I feel like. But you're right, especially for the money. That car is a real, I mean, for this class, is a throwdown. And, and here's, let's be honest, this is not a class of vehicles that you buy for their amazing handling dynamics. You buy them for their Certainly size, not. the luxury, how they look. And the XC90 checks all those boxes from across the room. I mean, yeah. it's incredibly impressive. But, you know, if you're going to go there, I also have to bring up the XC60, which is the step down, Yeah, is in no yep. way a bad option. I think the XC90 is more, it, it's more of a throwdown. But the XC60, there's nothing wrong with that either. No, not at all. And that could be the more affordable option. You know, like, well, I really like the 90, but yeah, just might be too much. Paul and Todd are spending too much of my money. And so let's look at the Volvo yeah. XC60 across the showroom floor. Well, and that's, the, and that's the five you know, seat. It's the slightly smaller guy. But I mean, the 90 yeah. is, I agree with you. I'm glad you recommended. I, had, I hadn't even gone to Volvo then. I'm glad you recommended because that is, I will acknowledge, a fully superb choice. Well, I thought superb choice. I had, uh, I was just racking my brain here. And after being at the Frankfurt Motor Show, and seeing the Jaguar F-Pace, their SUV coming out, I didn't get a yeah. chance to sit in it. It's not coming out for a little while, but I was thoroughly impressed by that thing. Just walking past the presence design, and I thought, they're going to sell every one they can build. Hopefully it Aren't will be reliable. Are those about the price point here, though? I, I'm sure it will be, but I thought, okay, yeah. so in that size, with that kind of luxury, what else is there? Volvo, yeah. XC90. No, I think I, I had not gone there, there, and I think it's... It's superb that you recommended that because, you know, it, it's funny. It's ironic. With last year's L.A. Auto Show, you and I joked about the fact that Volvo was just across the walkway from Range Rover. Hmm. Just across the walkway. Yeah. You could see the XC90 from the Range Rover stand, and I was far more impressed with the XC90 than I was from the Range Rover. And talk about being in the backyard of the big boy. Yeah, and I just yeah. – I was so impressed with the XC90 across the board. I, I, I'm, I love that you brought that up. I think it's a worthwhile, unexpected thing to go drive. So go drive those for sure, Nick. See what your wife thinks of those. I have a couple others I want to bring up yeah, that are in this luxury, comfort, ride height thing that you've brought up that are interesting to her. And I'm going to try to stay five-seat. I have to bring it up even though I'm not a fan but I have to bring up the Lexus RX. This is the mm. car that started that market segment. The egg. The five-seat, the egg, the five-seat, you know, egg-shaped. This is the one that's existed since the 90s. Right, And, right. you know, I look, I'm not a fan of this car, but so what? That doesn't take away the fact that it's well-engineered. They run like crazy. Right. They refuse to die. They have luxury. And Lexus, my mother-in-law is a great example. My mother-in-law just bought her second Lexus. And the number one reason she bought another one 
is because she loved the reliability and service of the first one she owned. Now, notice I did not say she liked the interior materials or the driving quality or the sound of the... None of these things that matter to me were the reason she bought another one. She bought another one for the reliability of her first one and the service experience. So depending upon what your wife is like in this regard, Nick, I mean, I I think go drive the RX. It is is a benchmark in this five-seat luxury world, and it kind of invented the category. You should also look at the Acura MDX is another worthwhile yeah, one to drive. Very good one. That's up there in terms of uh, luxury. You know that? Those are getting more and, it gets, more and more luxurious. And it gets forgotten. That's another kind of mm-hmm. smaller seven-seat guy. It's more like the direct competitor of that XC90, which I still really like that recommendation, by the way. But, oh, uh, but Acura MDX is worth looking at. Uh, and that is, uh, I think Acuras in general get overlooked a lot. So you can typically get deals on Acuras. So go look, and those things will run really well. If you wanted to stay American, I think the only worthwhile American option here is the Cadillac SRX. And I feel like that's a, a you either yeah. like it or you don't. I think it's worth driving. If you like the look of it, it's worth driving. It's a chassis that's used elsewhere in their lineup with, with engines that are used and reliable across the, the Chevy lineup. The size is good on that. You know that? The size, the size is very car. good. It's a good, good five-seat. It's in this absolute category. It's a good five-seat. And then my wild card is kind of like your your where you went. It's the upper end of the budget or above. Okay. But for anybody looking at the Range Rover Evoque, you simply have to look at the the Porsche Macan. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's the same size. It's you know, even and honestly, Nick, I think you would respond to the driving dynamics of the Macan. It has that slightly higher ride height that gets you into that five seat SUV feel. But of course, those are starting at fifty grand and going up, and they're selling them as fast as they can make those them. Start at and like it's Porsche, 60, and the turbo goes for like eighty. But I mean, by by the time you get there. one, by the time you get one, yes. And and since it's Porsche, that's the thing. You will blink at the one you like, and oh my gosh, how did I add twenty grand worth of options? <laughs> yeah, this is yeah. the problem with a new Porsche. But I will also say this, and I haven't looked. In fact, I could look right now, but I haven't looked. What's happening in the used market with Macans? Because they've been out more than a year, which means some some people are probably unloading them. And I will speak to the used Porsche huh. SUV all day long. You could start shopping used, get one a year old or coming in off a lease yeah. or whatever. I don't, I don't know how soon you're buying. But if you're looking at the Evoque, look at the Macan. And I will say, speaking from personal experience and speaking from brand experience, if you said to me, which one's going to run longer, better, the Range Rover Evoque or the Porsche Macan, I would say Macan all day long. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Although, as we said, the Range Rovers have probably improved dramatically. Agreed. They're great. Agreed. They're sporty. And, they and do hey, appeal the to Lexus different... is going to run better than both of them. Let's well, be yeah. honest. I mean, you know, I'll acknowledge that fully. Wow. Well, Nick, loads of options. We're very curious as to what you guys land on. And you've got at mm-hmm. least some shopping options to, okay, pull your wife out of the Range Rover. Go look at some other stuff. Get her into the Macan. I like the MDX. I forgot about that car actually, but mm-hmm. uh, they're cool. Yeah. They're cool for this for Loads this market segment. They are they are they are a forgotten but a good find. They really are. And don't forget, you might find some good deals at your VW dealer with uh, the Touareg and the Tiguan. They <laughs> might want to actually pay you to drive their please, car away. Please come in. <laughs> oh, that's so terrible. So uh, don't but forget, uh, we're here to spend your money for you. We're not debating cars. We're just here to spend your money. Uh, so write to us at everydaydrivertv at gmail.com so we can help you figure out how to spend more of your money because that's what we want to do <laughs> and get you into something you really enjoy. It's what so much what fun. nice guys we are. What <laughs> nice guys we are. Helping you spend your money since, well, whenever we started this. It's been a while. Since, yeah. well, since uh, top of the podcast, at least. 38 minutes, 39 yes. minutes now. 
Perfect. Um, awesome. But, uh, you know what else? If you're looking for us anywhere, it is always slash Everyday Driver. And I'm going to add one because of this past week's video. If you've seen our tracking and drifting video for our FRS, I'm going to add one. And that is simpletire.com slash Everyday Driver. There's another slash Everyday Driver. Hey, I just did it again. Cool. You can find us there at Simple Tire. There's a landing page for all of you viewers. And you can actually get a 5% discount on tires through our friends at Simple Tire that backed us up for that drifting piece. That's right. They gave us tires to go melt. So you got to like those folks. So, uh, yeah, that's another place to add the slash Everyday Driver to your list of places to find us on the web. Very nice. All right. Well, uh, lots of options here. Thank you guys for listening and watching and writing in as always and looking forward to talking at you next week.